This is Holden Karnofsky doing an amateur read-through of my blog post, Pre-Agriculture Gender Relations Seem Bad. And these titles generally are not set in stone, especially when I record well in advance. All right. As part of exploring trends in quality of life over the very long run, which is an ongoing series this is part of, I've been trying to understand how good life was during the pre-agriculture or hunter-gatherer period of human history. We have little information about this period, but it lasted hundreds of thousands of years or more compared to a mere 10,000 or so years post-agriculture. Now, for this post, it's not too important exactly what agriculture means, but it roughly refers to being able to domesticate plants and livestock rather than living only off of existing resources in an area. Agriculture is what first allowed large populations to stay in one area indefinitely, and is generally believed to be crucial to the development of much of what we think of as civilization. Now, there are arguments floating around implying that this hunter-gatherer pre-agriculture period was a sort of paradise in which humans lived in an egalitarian state of nature, and that agriculture was a pernicious technology that brought on more crowded, complex societies that humans still haven't really adapted to. If that's true, it could mean that progress has left us worse off over the long run, even if trends over the last few hundred years have been positive. A future post will comprehensively examine this pre-agriculture paradise idea. For now, I just want to focus on one aspect, gender relations. This has been one of the more complex and confusing aspects to learn about. My current impression is that, first, according to the best and most systematic available evidence from observing modern non-agricultural societies, pre-agriculture gender relations seem bad. For example, most societies seem to have no possibility for female leaders and limited or no female voice in intraband affairs. But second, there are a lot of claims to the contrary floating around, and as far as I can tell, they're without good evidence. For example, the Wikipedia entry for hunter-gatherer gives the strong impression that non-agricultural societies have strong gender equality, as does a Google search for hunter-gatherer gender relations. But the sources cited seem very thin and often only tangentially related to the claims. Furthermore, they often use reasoning that seems like a huge stretch to me. For example, one paper appears to argue for strong gender equality among particular Neanderthals based entirely on the observation that they seem not to eat the sorts of foods traditionally gathered by women, the implication being that since women must have been doing something, they were probably hunting along with the men. These sources also often seem to acknowledge significant inequality while seemingly trying to explain it away with strange statements, like, quote, women know how to deal with physical aggression, unlike their Western counterparts. And these sources seem to get disproportionate attention from very thin evidence, such as an analysis of 27 skeletal remains being featured in the New York Times and a National Geographic article that ranks second in the Google results for hunter-gatherer gender relations. Based on the latter points, it seems that there are people trying hard to make the case for gender equality among hunter-gatherers, but not having much to back up this case. One reason for this might be a fear that if people think gender inequality is ancient or natural, they might conclude that it is also good and not to be changed. So for the avoidance of doubt, my general perspective is that the state of nature is bad compared to today's world. When I say that pre-agricultural societies probably had disappointingly low levels of gender equality, I'm not saying that this inequality is inevitable or something we should live with, just the opposite. Next section, Systematic Evidence on Pre-Agriculture Gender Relations. The best source on pre-agriculture gender relations I've found 
is by Hayden and other authors from 1986, and it's called Ecological Determinants of Women's Status Among Hunter-Gatherers. I discuss how I found it and why I consider it the best source I've found in a supplement that I link to. It is a paper collecting ethnographic data. That means data from anthropologists' observations of the relatively few people who maintain or maintained a forager-slash-hunter-gatherer lifestyle in modern times. That's a non-agricultural lifestyle. It presents a table of 33 different societies, scored on 13 different properties, such as whether a given society has female voice in domestic decisions and possibility of female leaders. Here's the key table from the paper, with some additional color coding and some basic summary tabulations that I've added. And then I link to my Google Sheet with that, and I give a screenshot of the table from the paper. You can look at it on the web, but basically there's a lot of red indicating bad inequality. Now, I've used red shading for properties that imply male domination and blue shading for properties that imply egalitarianism, all else equal. The red shades are deeper than the blue shades because I think the non-egalitarian properties are much more bad than the egalitarian properties are good. For example, I think possibility of female leaders being absent or taboo is extremely bad. I don't think female voice in domestic decisions being considerable makes up for that. Now, from this table, it seems that 25 of 33 societies appear to have no possibility for female leaders. 19 of 33 societies appear to have limited or no female voice in intraband affairs. Of the six societies where neither of these apply, one has female hunting taboos and belief in the inferiority of females to males. Two more have simply female hunting taboos, Another has ritual exclusion of females, and the Mara and Agta seem like the best candidates for egalitarian societies. Overall, I would characterize this general picture as one of bad gender relations. It looks as though most of these societies have rules and or norms that aggressively and categorically limit women's influence and activities. I got a similar picture from the chapter on gender relations from the Lifeways of Hunter-Gatherers, and I linked to a page explaining why I tend to use that source a lot and emphasize it. In addition to citing multiple specific practices and dynamics that seem quite bad, Lifeways states, Even the most egalitarian of foraging societies are not truly egalitarian because men, without the need to bear and breastfeed children, are in a better position than women to give away highly desired food and hence acquire prestige. The potential for status inequalities between men and women in foraging societies is rooted in the division of labor. It also argues, this chapter, that many practices sometimes taken as evidence of equality, such as matrilocality, are not evidence of equality. Next section. The poorly cited and unconvincing case that pre-agriculture gender relations were egalitarian. I think there are a fair number of people and papers floating around that are aiming to give an impression that pre-agriculture gender relations were highly egalitarian. In fact, when I started this investigation, I initially thought that gender equality was the consensus view, because both Google searches and Wikipedia content gave this impression. Not only do both emphasize gender equality among foragers slash hunter-gatherers, but neither presents this as a two-sided debate. Below, I'll go through what I found by following citations from A, the Wikipedia hunter-gatherer page, B, the front page from searching Google for hunter-gatherer gender relations. I'm not surprised that sources like this are imperfect but I found it somewhat remarkable how consistently the initial impression given was of strong gender equality and how consistently this impression was unsupported by sources. Next section, Wikipedia's hunter-gatherer page. The Wikipedia entry for hunter-gatherer states, 
Nearly all African hunter-gatherers are egalitarian, with women roughly as influential and powerful as men. In addition to social and economic equality in hunter-gatherer societies, there is often, though not always, relative gender equality as well. But the notes given do not seem to support this statement. So there's four footnotes in that statement that I read. So the first of those footnotes refers to a chapter in a book that I linked to. I found this chapter to have a combination of very broad claims about gender equality, which I consider less trustworthy than the sort of systematic specifics-based analysis I cited before with the table. Here's a key quote. This is going to be a, a quote, not my voice. Various anthropologists who have done fieldwork with hunter-gatherers have described gender relations in at least some foraging societies as symmetrical, complementary, non-hierarchical, or egalitarian. Turnbull writes of one society, a woman is in no way the social inferior of a man. Another author notes that uh, another society may be the least sexist of any we have experienced, and Lee describes that society, now known as the Shutuansi, as fiercely egalitarian. Some other authors report, Agta women are equal to men. Batek men and women are free to decide their own movements, activities, and relationships, and neither gender holds an economic, religious, or social advantage over the other. Gardner reports that another society values individual autonomy and economic self-sufficiency and seems to carry egalitarianism, common to so many simple societies, to an extreme. Now, of the five, this is now my voice again, of the five societies named, two are not included in the table above, Two are among the most egalitarian, according to the table above, although one is listed as having female hunting taboos, and one is listed as having ritual exclusion of females and no possibility of female leaders. I trust specific claims like the latter more than broader claims like a woman is in no way the social inferior of a man. And I actually wrote that before noticing in the next section that the same author, who says a woman is in no way the social inferior of a man, also observes that a certain amount of wife-beating is considered good, and the wife is expected to fight back of the same society. The chapter also has seeming concessions of significant inequality, sometimes accompanied by defenses of this that I find bizarre. Some example quotes. Some Australian Aboriginal men use threats of gang rape to keep women away from their secret ceremonies. Burbank argues that Aborigines accept physical aggression as a legitimate form of social action and limit it through ritual. Further, women know how to deal with physical aggression, unlike their Western counterparts. That was a quote. That was not me. Next quote. For the Mbuti, a certain amount of wife beating is considered good, and the wife is expected to fight back, but too much violence results in intervention by kin or in divorce. Next quote. Observing that some women in one society defer to their husbands in public but not in private, Sharp cautions against assuming this means that men control women. If public deference, or the appearance of it, is an expression of power between the genders, it is a most uncertain and imperfect measure of power relations. Polite behavior can be most misleading precisely because of its conspicuousness. Next quote, Some foragers place the formalities of decision-making in male hands, but expect women to influence or ratify the decisions. Next quote, Two authors report that Ache men and women have traditionally participated in band-level decisions, though some men commanded more respect and held more personal power than any woman. Next quote, rather than assigning all authority in economic, political, or religious matters to one gender or the other, hunter-gatherers tend to leave decision-making about men's work and areas of expertise to men, and about women's work and expertise to women, either as groups or individuals. So overall, this chapter actively reinforced my impression that gender equality among the relevant societies is disappointingly low on the whole. Now, the next note cited by Wikipedia goes to a paper that I linked to. 
My rough summary is that much of the paper discusses a single set of human remains from about 9,000 years ago that the author believes was a 17 to 19 year old female who was buried with big game hunting tools. It also states that out of 27 individuals in the data set the authors considered, who appeared to have been buried with big game hunting tools and have a hypothesized sex, 11 were female and 16 were male. I think the idea is that these findings undermine the idea that women couldn't be big game hunters. I have many objections to this paper being one of three sources cited by Wikipedia for the claim nearly all African hunter-gatherers are egalitarian with women roughly as influential and powerful as men. First, none of these results are from Africa. They're from the Americas. Second, this is a single paper that seems to be engaging in a lot of guesswork around a very small number of remains, and seems to be written with a pretty strong agenda, which you can see if you read its intro. In general, I think it's a bad idea to put much weight on a single data source. I prefer systematic, aggregative analyses like the one I examined above. Third, it already seems to be widely acknowledged that the amount of big-game female hunting in these societies is not zero, though it is believed to be rare and in some cases taboo, so a small sample size case where it was relatively common would not necessarily contradict what's already widely believed. And finally, what would it even tell us if women participated equally in big game hunting 9,000 years ago, given that, as the authors of the paper state, there are only trace levels of participation observed among hunter-gatherers and contemporary societies? As far as I can tell, it's very hard to glean much information about gender relations from 9,000 years ago, and there are any number of different axes other than hunting along which there may have been discrimination. I think it would be quite a leap from women participated equally in big game hunting to gender equality was strong. Then the next note for Wikipedia goes to a New York Times article that is mostly about that very same paper. It also cites one case where remains were found of a man and woman buried together near servants. I do not know what point that is making. And the final source cited in the Wikipedia quote I gave is a book that I linked to. It's a general reader on hunter-gatherer economics and the environment. No indication is given of what part of the more than 300-page book is supporting Wikipedia's statement about gender equality. And the book itself is not set up to give the reader any indication of this. I'm very annoyed by this kind of source citing, and I hope you give me feedback if I ever do this sort of thing. But I did my best. I looked through the table of contents, and I saw one chapter that appears to be about gender relations. It's called Women's Status in Egalitarian Society, Implications for Social Evolution. Early on, the chapter states, I shall attempt to show that a historical approach and avoidance of ethnographic phraseology in the study of such societies reveals that their egalitarianism applied as fully to women as to men. So this may be what the Wikipedia editors had in mind. I find this chapter extremely unconvincing and reminiscent of one of the sources I cited above in that it combines sweeping statements without specifics or citations, scattered statements about individual societies, and acknowledgments of what sound to me like disappointingly low levels of gender equality accompanied by bizarre defenses. One key quote, which sounds to me like it's basically arguing gender relations were good because women had high status due to their role in childbearing, is in a footnote. Next section, Google results for hunter-gatherer gender relations. Googling hunter-gatherer gender relations initially gives an impression of strong gender equality. Here's how the search starts off and then have a screenshot that has the first result saying hunter-gatherer groups are often relatively egalitarian regarding power and gender relationships. And then there's an answer box that has a bunch of statements about equality. However, when I clicked through to the first result, I found that the statement highlighted by Google, 
which says hunter-gatherer groups are often relatively egalitarian regarding power and gender relationships, appears to be an aside. No citation or evidence is given, and it is not the main topic of the paper. Most of the paper discusses the differing activities of men and women, such as big game hunting versus other food provision. The answer box, making statements about equality, has no citations, so I can't assess where that's coming from. And here's what shows next in the Google search. And then I show four results that have more kind of bolded bits. And, you know, one of them is a headline saying early men and women were equal. Another is another Wikipedia page saying that the sexual division of labor developed relatively recently. So general impression of high equality. So the first of these results, the National Geographic article, is essentially a summary of the same source discussed above that cites evidence of 11 females compared to 16 males buried with big game hunting tools 9,000 years ago. The next of these results is a discussion of gender relations in a particular area and a particular time, and it says that the early stages of this occupation were characterized by male dominance, which then became the site of considerable struggle, which resulted in women improving their positions and possibly attaining some form of parity with men. The next link is a Guardian article with the headline, Early Men and Women Were Equal, Say Scientists. The entire article discusses a single study. The study looks at two foraging societies, one of which is the Agta, the most egalitarian society in the table I looked at, and it presents a theoretical model according to which one gender dominating decisions about who lives where would result in high levels of within-camp relatedness. It observes that actual patterns of within-camp relatedness are relatively low, so they more closely match a dynamic in which both genders influence decisions according to the theoretical model. I believe this is zero evidence of anything. The final result is a Wikipedia article that is mostly about the differing roles for men and women among foragers. The part that provides Google's third excerpt is here, and I'm going to give a screenshot so that the reader can get the full experience of the citation notes. So, yeah, it's a little hard to do this on audio, but I'll I'll try and give a a flavor of what's going on in the Wikipedia page. It says, The classic theory of natural selection positing a difference in male and female reproductive strategies has recently, and then there's a note saying when, been re-examined. Then there's a note saying by whom, with an alternative theory being proposed. Then there's a note saying by whom. So there's just a a lot of little notes in the citations that some editor is pointing out that Someone put these statements into Wikipedia but didn't give a source, and they don't know who's saying it. In terms of that quote, there's one footnote that actually goes to a citation for the claim that the sexual division of labor developed relatively recently. goes to a paper that I linked to, which seems to me to be making a significant leap from thin evidence. The basic situation, as far as I can tell, is there is no archaeological evidence that a population they studied in the paper which is Neanderthals in Eurasia in the Middle Paleolithic, ate small game or vegetables. And then the authors think this implies they exclusively hunted big game, and so they hypothesize that women participated equally in big game hunting. The reasoning is that otherwise they would have had nothing to do, and this seems implausible to the authors. There's also some discussion of the lack of other things that would have taken work to make, such as complex clothing. But I don't think that Neanderthals didn't eat small game or vegetables is much of an argument that they had strong gender equality. Final section, bottom line. My current impression is that today's foraging societies have disappointingly low levels of gender equality, and that this is the best evidence we have about what pre-agriculture gender relations were like. I'm not sure why casual searching and Wikipedia seem to give such a strong impression to the contrary. 
It seems to me that there is a fair amount of interest in stretching thin evidence to argue that pre-agriculture societies had strong gender equality. This might partly be coming from a fear that if people think gender equality is ancient or natural, they might conclude that it is also good and not to be changed. But as I'll elaborate in future pieces, my general perspective is that the state of nature is bad compared to today's world. And I think one of our goals as a society should be to fight things from sexism to disease that have afflicted us for most of our history. I don't think it helps that cause to give stretched impressions about what that history looks like.